Bonjour et bienvenue dans un autre épisode de Kill James Bond. Je suis... Je suis Devon. Je suis français et je suis fatigué. On peut... Rejoindre comme euh, toujours est mon papillon de maintenant, Alice. Bonjour, Alice. <rire> Bonjour, je m'appelle Alice Corpo Kelly. J'aime aller au cinéma et faire du euh, vélo avec mes amis. <rire> C'est bon. Jean, comment est moi la princesse transgender des tubes de pan, Abigail? Bonjour, Abigail. Hello, my name is Abigail. <rire> C'est bon. Alors, voilà. Abigail, s'il vous plaît, ma tante, le professionnalism. Il faut recorder l'épisode du podcast. Welcome, baby. Featured creator, baby. Oh, yeah. Nous sommes très fiers de vous. Voulez rester silly en so, maintenant. Et on fin de dessinatrice New York et de Charlie Hebdo, Matty. Bonjour, Matty. Bonjour, Devin. Um, et uh, bienvenue à Tuer, uh, um, Hubert de la Bath. C'est bon. Alice, euh, le podcast est toi. Procédure habituelle. Procédure habituelle. Thank you for the perfect introduction there, Dev. Yes, I, hello to everyone who is French and still listening. I, I will stop I, now. I didn't know you were such a polyglot. Um, I didn't, I didn't know... What the fuck did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> it's a new slur I've invented for the non-binary people. Um, oh. And what I've done is I've, I've gathered together uh, the Midnight Society, absent Abigail, who is uh, currently in Los Angeles doing whatever people do in Los Angeles, like oxygen tank parties or whatever. Yeah, I think it's um, Riding nature. a scooter that you rent off the street, I believe is what you do when you're there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. That's right. Um, and I've, I've got the gang, including Matthew, back to talk about the sequel to OSS Sandusset, uh, Cairo Nest of Spies. OSS Sandusset Lost in Rio, or Rio ne reprend plus in French. They did another one. They did a whole ass other movie. Sure yeah, did. yeah, they did another movie. <laughs> that's 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 my review of it immediately. Is well, it's another movie. I can almost recommend it. It's it's a film that I can say, hey, maybe you should see. However, there's some caveats. Um, if you're not familiar with the series, uh, it's like OSS Sandusset, OSS One One Seven, is a French pulp spy series of novels. Actually, predates mm. James Bond, I believe. Oh. Yes. But so uh, Jean Dujardin and Michel Anavicius, Azanavicius, uh, fucking made this movie that was like extending that as a parody of Euro spy movies. We made an episode on it. We had a lot of fun. It's a good movie. The joke is he's a huge piece of shit, and yes, he's a buffoon. Right? Uh, and now we're back in the year 1967, and 
let me tell you, immediately on board, like the sec this movie opens. It opens. It opens with such a fucking banger. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, the, the, the whole soundtrack is so good. That you, the, the second I turned yeah. it on, I actually went in completely cold and did not even know what it was. You're just like, watch this movie, and I said, okay, and I turned it on, and fucking four seconds in, I was messaging you guys like, this is the best movie I ever fucking seen in my life. This is the best opening sequence like, I've ever seen. In and then you were like, <laughs> and then you were like, wait, hold on. You were like, this rules. Oh. Uh oh. Yes. <laughs> Because because we begin in Ishtad in a very funky sort of outpost ski, and Jean Dujardin as Hubert Bonisseur de la Bat, OSS on set, enters like chin first in the ugliest fit I have ever seen in my life, and we just looks have phenomenal. Like, looks incredible, and we just have like an extended dance sequence, which kind of goes off because the music is really good. Yeah. So in the previous one, uh, they they used a lot of camera techniques to sort of ape the the original series of these movies, which were in like the fifties through to the seventies. Yeah. So like things like all of the nighttime scenes were clearly filmed during the day and just the filtered blue, filter, blue. Yeah. All of the driving has like back projected on it, like the early Bonds. Um, in this one, they have discovered the art of having a split split camera, and holy so shit, do they love to put eight cameras on one screen and it looks so good. It's a great effect really, for really a couple like of it. jokes also. Uh, like that phone joke later in the mm -hmm. movie is so good. and Very like Mel Brooksy. Yes. Um, but I mean, this the <laughs> opening of this actually is quite reminiscent to me of the, the Austin Powers films, which uh, I don't know if you've seen or not, mm -hmm. but it was... We've seen, but we're, ma we're maintaining an embargo that we don't want to talk about. You don't want to talk about them in lol. Okay. Now, mm. <laughs> they're just, it's just very reminiscent of the opening, the opening numbers and the song of the Austin Powers movies, but in a good way, that doesn't feel like yeah, ripping sure, it off yeah. exactly. But it's like, oh, I know this kind of yeah. thing. I know where I am. Yeah. And he's, he's, all of these women are admiring him. He's dancing for them. He shows them a magic trick. Whereupon, uh, six guys burst in from a different racist movie. <sighs> yes. We we got to talk about a series of jokes that will continue throughout every uh, every single part of this movie, which yeah. is <laughs> just every so often. This every will crop set back piece, up one again. of these guys shows up. It feels like it's so which is like it's almost funny. You can see what they're trying to do here, and the yes. idea is OSS Sandyset is like because he's like James Bond. He's a man with a lot of enemies. He has, uh, he has wronged a guy called Mr. Lee, and Mr. Lee is constantly sending goons after him to kill him. Now, all of these goons are Chinese, and they all do the racist accent. All of them. Yes. And let me tell you, the movie makes a great deal of hay out of this, because later on, when he's held at gunpoint by one of these guys, Hubert, OSS Sandyset, cannot fucking understand him. And I wrote down, I don't, like, I'm not quite sure what the joke is meant to be here. And I think this is going to get to a point that we'll get to throughout this movie, which is... <laughs> Matthew, what, is, what was the name you came up with for this? Hebdo's Gamble. Yes. yes. The, the Charlie Hebdo Gamble, which is, am I, am I being racist, or am I being ironic and making fun of racism in a way that actually makes you a piece of shit for thinking that I'm racist? I keep wanting to make this movie, like, I keep wanting to give it charitable interpretations. And be like, oh, okay. The joke is that they're doing the accent because the accent made no fucking sense in old movies, and it was totally incomprehensible. And it it was just like purely a racist thing. 
But no, that it is just they do yeah, the well, right. The thing is, it's layered on top of an actual funny joke, which is he kills a guy, and the rest of the movie guys keep showing up, be like, "You killed my brother," and then every guy he kills, yes. his brother <laughs> shows really up to funny. go after him, and it's very funny. Like that's a good, yeah, like Zucker Brothers ish, yes, sort of gag. But then they're like, and guess what? Also, they have racist accents, and that's extra funny because we are Ooh. French. <laughs> I, I was thrilled. Right. I was thrilled to learn what the French equivalent of the uh, like breakfast at Tiffany's racist Asian accent is, which is apparently a heavy lisp. Mm. Yeah, was, I was wondering about that because the the subtitles that I had on kept doing the other like the breakfast at Tiffany's one with the R S. Yes. It's transcribed that way. Yes, like the the L and the R swap. Yes. Yeah. Whoever did the you know translation is an art. It's not. You don't want. It's not like a one to one thing, and you want to get the spirit. What's being said translated, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's yeah, so it's someone that's racist in both languages figured out how to do it. Yes. Yeah. Very if you just impressive. did a strict translation, you'd just be like, why are all these Chinese guys who incidentally have lisps trying to kill OSS Sandyset? Um yes. so we get a gunfight between OSS Sandyset and Michelle's goons. Perfect gunfight. Let's, let's like, set perfect. the fucking scene, right? Because he is doing close up magic to a group of Asian women. Yes, yes. Unclear which Kind, they're all sort of wearing various various things, and then a bunch of like Chinese guys all all burst in. It, mm. It's written as that they're all Chinese. There's a yes. lot of them that aren't, but that's that's fine. Yeah, playing Chinese guys, they all burst in. They they shoot at him, and he stays perfectly still with yes. his gun in like the fucking Roger Moore shooting position, one arm out, oh, one yeah. side out. Yes, yeah, just stays completely still, keep <laughs> shooting. He has killed half of the women himself because they keep running yeah. in front of him. They all get killed in the crossfire. It's just him and He's one got the of orb them. orb hooked up yeah. to his belt for the magic trick, just like sticking out. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, it's just him standing yeah. in a pile of corpses of all the women that he was with. And it's very triumphant. Like he won this gunfight. Every single person but him in the room is dead. Yeah, everyone except him and the like one woman, the oh, yeah. countess, and he like looks at her across this room full of dead bodies, and he's like, "Wow, we almost had a catastrophe there." And it's like <laughs> that—that's a better joke at the Bond movie's expense than like any of the like self-flagellation it's done to itself. Where it's like, uh, "You kill a lot of women, James Bond. I like this a lot better." Anyway, Uber is also very racist, and we have to like reintroduce that at this point, uh, where. He has sex with this woman. Oh, yeah. How do I... Perfunctorily. Yeah, the, the equivalent yes. is in, in the first one, uh, the way they, they do this basic scene is that he's um, he goes to have sex with this woman and she insults him and he goes, no, I don't want to do it anymore, actually. This is very rude of you. Whereas in, in this one, they're both complaining about like these, these mobsters that have burst in to try to kill him. Uh, and yeah, she and for goes, him, it's a racist thing. <laughs> yeah, for her, she's complaining about like the communists. So she's like, "Damn reds," and he like re he fucking corrects her. He's like, "Damn yellows," and she goes, N "No." And and then they have sex. Yes, I thought they were going to repeat the joke from the one I really liked from Cairo, where they pan up when they start having sex and then pan back down. He's just like humping, but instead they do it with CGI birds, which not as funny, but. I'd rather they I'm a big fan of all the joke. all the sex pan jokes, like the ones in fucking Top Secret, where oh, yeah. no matter what 
that is happening. It pans across to a fireplace. <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> there's, there's skydiving. <laughs> there's a lot of top secret in this movie. There's a lot of sort of like Zucker Abraham Zucker. Um, but so we go to. Um, I'm sorry. I want to. I want to also bring up another of the first movie's pan jokes because it, it when it pans across from them having sex over to a fireplace. And it just like also edges onto like a mirror, and you can see them having sex, and like the camera just panically pans very quickly back a little <laughs> bit, which I really enjoy. Um, but yes, when we get back to Paris, and we have a series of probably my favorite scenes in the movie. Well, the, the the office bit is great. We go to Hubert's mm. office in the like French intelligence agency, uh, and he has this like enforced bonhomie where every person mm. he speaks to is like. They immediately start laughing about nothing. Yes. They have this great conversation, which is just, it devolves into them saying the names of other dudes. Like, it's, really, it's hard to explain yeah, this one, but it's bit. really good. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they also pull off the rare trans joke that works. Or it's not a trans joke, it's a cross dressing joke. But what I mean is they dodge the trans joke in that uh, he sees this woman talking to a couple of guys and he's like, you know, hey, how's it going, buddy? Incredible disguise. Indistinguishable. Would never have known you were, you know, this guy. Uh, and because she's played by a cis woman, when she just goes, oh yeah, cheers, it really lands. Huge fan of it. Congratulations to the film for getting that one thing, that yeah. one tricky thing right, followed by <laughs> 4,500 tricky things later that it does not. <laughs> yes, yeah. So he, he goes to meet Armand, who's like his M. We, we get a scene that it sets up something later, but it sets up something that happens off screen where he's one of the guys he talks to is like, look at this blueprints for a perfectly ordinary <laughs> pedlo, but it looks like a duck. And he goes, amazing. <laughs> what else did it do? And they're like, nothing else. And then they ask him to guard it and he realizes he has to leave the room. So he just folds the blueprint up, puts it in his jacket, and it is not mentioned for an hour of screen time. <laughs> yeah, it, it, he just pockets it. Just pockets the blueprints. Go to see his M. The, the M scene rules, because uh, w what's happened is that there is a Nazi, Professor von Zimmel, who has mm. fled to South America, to Brazil, where he is running Lucha Libre events. Again, this yes. is the like, does this movie know the difference between Mexico and Brazil, or is it making fun of movies that don't, sort of question. Um, but von Zimmel is trying to blackmail France uh, with a, a microfilm listing all of the French collaborators, and you get this perfect Hubert line where he's like, oh, I can see why it's a microfilm, must be a really short list. It's Because <laughs> he's, he's like a true believer, and you see Armand like fidgeting with his desk for like slightly too long in a way that like very heavily implies that he collaborated with the Nazis. <laughs> and he goes, okay, so are we gonna like, are we gonna... Uh, kill him and take the list, and it's like, no, we're gonna pay him. We're gonna pay him off. We're gonna like allow ourselves to be blackmail. Go to Rio de Janeiro. Here is your silly code name, Noel Flantier. <laughs> <laughs> this Just complain about it. It's like who the who comes up with these fucking names? Yeah, and the joke is it's a guy with an even sillier name, Ludovic Flatonchard. <laughs> that one went over my head. No. Uh -huh. So he, he goes to to Noel Flantier. His cover is a photojournalist, by the way. Mm. He goes to he goes to Rio, and we get the scene of he arrives at the airport and three different people start following him again. Because oh, yes. like I this is a real problem for me, is that I really like it. I like these scenes, but also this is the first movie again. They did this like shot for shot basically. He comes to the airport, three different guys, each start following. Yeah, but this time it's split cam, baby. 
you get like eight shots of him walking and they're all identical Every movie they're going to add yeah. one camera for that scene and then the next movie it's three cameras that's right one for each guy yeah he, he gets into a cab and would you believe it the cab driver is another one of our recurring slightly <sighs> racist chinese yeah. guys yeah yes and we have to do the the racist mm-hmm. thing again when he tells him like yeah. you, killed my, you killed my brother in gestad uh, and and now you're gonna die. And he can't understand him. But he he gets shot. The Chinese taxi driver gets shot by my favorite the guy best in, running this bit movie. in this fucking yes. movie by a mile to me. This bit fucking goes. CIA agent in Brazil, Bill Tremendous. Now, Bill Tremendous. It's spelled is, wrong. Bill Tremendous. Bill yeah. Tremendous. And that's a that's like a perfect <laughs> observation of the way that French movies named American characters. They were all called shit like this, like Bill Tremendous. Mm-hmm. And so so Bill gets him in the car, and Bill's French is truly, truly atrocious. Alors, mon vieux Hubert, on a des soucis avec des Chinois. <laughs> That's me from the start. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this actual audio of me in Paris trying to order food. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do the thing where they're like both laughing too much, but the whole time... Uh, he's just insulting him. You stupid son of a bitch! <laughs> and because Hubert's English isn't good enough, he just kind of like nods along. He's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gen. It's really. It's really good. good. This- yeah. There's there's <laughs> also one fucking like there's one line where uh he tells him about von Zimmerlin saying like, yeah, so what? Like the CIA is interested in <laughs> South America now. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of his lines are so fucking good because they're all just like me at the start and then like intercut with him he's like Zuda law hubert you fucking cocksucker <laughs> i got a million of these ha- i'm to withdraw my ass licking cocksucker motherfucking son of a bitch <laughs> that's the character yeah. that's him there that, it is. that's his whole deal yeah it's perfect that's so- what americans are like yeah, so Bill's Bill, racist against Americans. Good. Yeah, yes. w- which gives it like negative cultural insensitivity points because it's being That's racist right. against people who it should be racist. So Bill drops him off at his hotel, um, and he immediately falls into into a honeypot with this woman named Carlotta, who he thinks is gonna have sex with him, and then she just leaves via the window, which I like a lot. Um, we also see another recurring joke from the first one, which is he gets way too into his cover. So after yes. she's left, he gets a phone call that's like, OSS Sandy set, and he's like, no, this is Noel Flaunty, and hangs up the phone. <laughs> uh, also, also, that scene with Carlotta sets up another joke that doesn't pay off for a fucking hour, where she says, I'm going to slip into something mm. more comfortable. Yes. And the next time he's, oh, the next time he, sees right, her, he yeah. responds to it, and it's like an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking like multiple days in, in media. Right? Also, the, the scene where he meets her, like he's at a fucking pool at the hotel. He's about to do a high jump. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah like I missed his, his walk around the pool, like, first of all, he's sucking his chest in so hard the whole way around. Mm, it's yeah. so clear. <laughs> and every single woman is looking at him. They all get their own little like mini camera across the whole thing. He, he gets up there and then he, he can't do it because he remembers a time that he was a trapeze artist and fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And he killed his, 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 um, like he has the same former. backstory as Robin, the boy wonder. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he fucking does. I I really like that they just introduced this from nowhere, and I just it's it's perfect. Yeah. Just go with it. It's like it's almost identical. The scene that they show later when they're on top of uh, Christ the Redeemer. Spoilers for the end of the film. Uh, when they're when they're up there, the scene that you see is almost identical to the one from the um from like Batman and Robin. Almost like identical looking. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Perfect. Great. And he he meets Carlotta because he's he's like asleep on a fucking uh sunbird and she rings out her hair onto him she she yeah she she says oh, i'm sorry i've eclabusade you like i i have splattered you he's like oh it's yeah it's like she's it's like fine. i've splattered you and you can see like a genuine second for him to gin up being horny <laughs> like he's just he, he, yeah. he gets that he's earnestly like a little mad but he arrives at horny by way of confusion <laughs> he's just like I, you know what they say about Women who splatter men. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really good just to see like the process. Yeah, and this this culminates in him being sort of very lyrical towards her and says that like women who splatter men are like uh, you know, the promise of a of of a hot evening and a fiery morning. And culminates in him like going to and therefore, you know, I I, I don't object to you squirting <laughs> on me. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> like a self-assembling wire. He just like puts it together. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. So uh, th- they they go to have sex, except she runs out on him. He gets the phone call, which he hangs up on. They call him back a second later and are like, there's, listen, we know it's fucking you. There's also, I, I hate to continue, there's also like a really strong character moment for him. When, when he like opens the door to see that she has clearly fled and he like goes... Who could have kidnapped her? <laughs> like he just cannot comprehend. <laughs> she could just left on him. Yeah. Anyway, phone call. My apologies. So they call him back and they're like, "Okay, bring the money that you've brought to to pay for this uh, this film, this microfilm, to Christ the Redeemer, the Corcovado. You'll know us when you see us." And this sets up a great fucking gag because he goes to the thing, and <gasps> because he well, does not see him when he sees them. Every single person he passes, he like gives the nod or like passes slightly too close to on the way up there. And I really enjoy it. It's but perfect. So, yeah. No one meets him. And we get some a great little bit of soundtrack and, and some great physical comedy because he goes and he looks out over the city and then uh, gunshots ring out and he is physically chased from the scene by squibs. The, the squibs? The, the volume of squibs, just like physically, is so fucking incredible yeah they're machine gunning like everything <laughs> like around going back him. to get his jacket and camera and briefcase individually <laughs> while like really not getting shot while the squibs the are 100 percent of the area around him <laughs> so it's the whole time in like that like half crouch where he's like oh boy he goes the whole way down the fucking street to a car which pulls up to him and goes get in and he like looks at it for a bit and goes alright and then gets in the car yeah. and then we finally see the two guys that have been shooting at him and it's a pair of fucking luchadors yeah <laughs> wearing suits and lucha masks yes it's great. perfect yeah uh, but you know what isn't perfect is this next scene I don't know if you call the names of the, the luchadors no. oh fuck I, I didn't write I it down Xantrax and Blue Devil I mean, that's a that's fucking a Sa- Santo and Blue Demon right there. Mm-hmm. So again, a very deep cut. But okay, so he gets in the car. Then we get this scene. Yeah, and the and it's at this point that I realise what I've done is I've invited 
Matthew Lubchansky, my dear friend, uh, also Jewish, to watch an anti-Semitic movie huh? with me. We got to anti-Semitic. It's it's uh, yeah. So the two <laughs> guys damn. who are holding you did him this with your gunpoint. husband as well. <laughs> yes, we're not. That's how we're not. Good. <laughs> if, if, if the thing is right. As a general rule to, to the listener, to anyone, if we invite you to the Unkill James Bond as a guest, say no. That's right. <laughs> because, <laughs> save yourself, because what we've asked you to watch, through no prior knowledge of our own, because I had fucking forgotten this about the movie, <laughs> will just turn out to be, like, laser-targeted to hurt your feelings. So, so the the one gag that we get in the scene that's funny, I think, is that none of them can remember his code mm. name, right? So they call him like double one seven or seven one seven, one thousand and seven, and that's fine. That's good. That's funny. But we meet the guys who are holding him at gunpoint. They take him to a little house, and they go, "We're the Mossad, Israel's intelligence agency. Would you like to work with us?" And he immediately bursts out laughing at the idea. Yeah, you've seen a Jew. We're normally doing the sort of like this motion. Got my. That, that's mm. literally the like yeah. the joke that sure. he does is he he believes that Jewish people are physiognomy like physiognomically distinct enough that a Nazi would be able to tell them apart, and therefore it would be a bad idea to hunt Nazis. That's right. He's like Jews hunting Nazis. That's crazy. The Mossad never did that. Uh. <laughs> like. Yeah, not it's not great. The whole the whole scene is full of him just like straight up doing anti-Semitism. Yes, yeah. and yeah. every Mossad agent now being like, "All right, don't get mad. We need to work yeah. with this guy." Just, you, you can just... you can sort of tell that what the the viewpoint of the movie is. You should feel embarrassed for him. You should be cringing, which it does very effectively. Like after he says any of this shit, there's always this like long shot of the back of his head and the two guys he's speaking to just staring at him but it's like okay sure but at, at, at what price this there's embarrassment a, there's a thing that right? like, um, really stuck out to me is like when he's naming the list of how you can tell a jew from when you look at one of us uh and he's just like mm -hmm. rattling off physical features of jews um and this is like where the the gamble do hebdo <laughs> really fails um yes and yeah. but he does yeah. say uh you can tell from our fingers which is really stuck in my brain, the idea of a Jewish finger. I'm like, what does that mean? And do I have well, <laughs> Yeah, what do you guys wait, wait, what do you guys what do you guys think? What do you I'm I'm showing my fingers of the camera. Uh, I've got no um, opinions. Thank you. I think the thing is that the Hebdo gamble here is um that this is a thing so ridiculous that no one could believe it. But it doesn't make sense because people yeah, like do. If, he could have said horns, right? Like it was I was just waiting for that to show up. Like, he was just saying real, like, you know, the elders of Zog shit. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. And I, 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 this gets to another problem with this movie, which is that uh, none of us, as you may have been able to tell by the intro, are native French speakers, or even uh, learned French speakers. And we don't have a lot of cultural exposure to the kind of references that this movie is making. Mm. And this leads to a problem, which is, I think if you make this movie... Or any kind of movie that you want to like explore racism in France, you can be like, uh, actually, you don't get it. You don't understand. You think this is just a racist joke. It's actually a sly, ironic reference to a totally innocent piece of French culture. Uh, you know, a, a beloved comic that ran between 1948 and 2002 called Le Juif Comique, <laughs> or whatever. Asterisk and Jewess. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and just because that puts me on the back foot because I don't fucking know the racist thing, I'm like, oh shit, really? Okay, well, I mean, maybe I gotta reassess here. The whole scene has the effect of if you're doing like the the bit, you're like, look, I don't, I don't care if you're white, black, yellow, and you don't say purple. Oh, yeah. You're like, and you're just like, the listeners. <laughs> That's a like, really good me- metaphor. Do you know what you're doing, or <laughs> are you aware of the purple? Yeah, like, I mean, that thing. Yeah. I mean, they were like right after the the stuff that happened with Charlie Hebdo in 2014, was it? Uh, 15, whatever it was. Yes. Um, yeah. There were all, you know, there was all these. There was a lot of talk about Charlie Hebdo and racist or not. And uh, actually, at the Nib, we got a lot of cartoonists like talk about it, including a lot of native French people who were not white. And all the all the white mm. people are like, "Oh, it's actually like this sly irony they receives me." <laughs> and then uh, then all like the the Africans living in Paris that we got to like talk about were like, "No, it's fucking racist. What are you talking? <laughs> like, it's just racism, guys." <laughs> Yeah, they say that uh, satire requires a clarity of purpose. <laughs> uh. yeah, so you, you can sort of like wander into this into this smoke yeah. screen. I think of being like, oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's ironic. And we also get the other big problem that I have with the the racism in this franchise, which is as we saw in the first one, the point of Uber is that he's a buffoon, right? He's he's a moron. He believes things that no one could believe that are antiquated, um, but He's borderline racist. That's the thing. Like I, I read yes. an interview with Jean Dujardin, the time of the first movie came out, where he says, you know, he's it, it, it's making fun of the kind of movie star of that time, where it's it's macho, it's homophobic, it's borderline racist. Um, and the important part of that borderline is that he's not personally malevolent, and so he stays in their house, in the Mossad agent's house, having met Dolores, this uh, very attractive. Oh, female Mossad officer who he has been asked to work with and whom he has already sort of misogynistically patronized. Uh, and then he comes to apologize to her, right? And he says, I know I've been, uh, yeah, yeah, what's the word? And one of the other guys shouts through the door. What do you see me? No. <laughs> which, which I will that's be relying on because that's how this movie in a ba- in a nutshell um, really is. Yeah, is. I'd also like to to clarify. He doesn't come out to apologize to her. He's waiting in bed, and then she goes mm-hmm. good night and leaves. And he goes, wait, hang on, hang on. That's not how this is meant to go. And follows yes. her out. Yeah, but, he's but not he, coming to apologize. He's coming to secure pussy. Yeah, but he's he is apologizing in order to secure pussy. But he says mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm I'm like indelicate, and it puts her in the position of excusing him, where she goes. It's okay. I know that you don't like. You didn't mean any of that stuff in in a malevolent and a nasty. You're just a moron, and that's better for me somehow. This is these are the words coming out of my mouth as a character, and that's what I feel. I I will say also for in terms of the declarity of purpose thing to bring up the uh, the embargo at Austin Powers movies is um, <clears throat> in in those movies it's kind of making the same point where it's like look at how these movies and how these movie stars acted at the time whatever. But then it takes them out of time and everyone constantly is being like, you're an asshole, <laughs> you know, like it's, and that yeah. works, I think, marginally better uh, to sort sure. of be like, if you take him out of his environment where this is acceptable, uh, it's fully insane almost immediately. Yes. And I mean, I, I, the movie actually just says the thing that I was going to feel really smart for saying, which is that like, it's not as bad to be racist if you don't mean it. Like if you say the thing by accident. And you're embarrassed by it, then it's okay to like believe the thing in the first place, or it's not as bad. Which I I don't know about that. Like the one, song really. "Accidental Racist" taught us. 
many of those years ago. Oh my god. Yeah, this is this is the French version That's of right. accidental racism. <laughs> um, so, so, so Dolores and he have to work together, but she's mad at him, so she just leaves him to to work on his own down leads. <sighs> we get it. We get a scene. <laughs> and yet another scene. scene. Okay, we get a scene. <laughs> this, this scene. Uh, okay, so he's in the hotel. He goes back to his hotel. He's trying to get her to go back to his hotel. She's like, yeah. "I'd like to get some work done." He's like, "There's a pool. What do you mean? We could do it in the afternoon." <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes back there and is approached by two two Chinese gentlemen who yep. have got guns under a piece of paper, and they yeah, go, the you, papers, yeah. "You have killed my brother, etc." In the taxi, and yeah, protests. Monsieur Lee yeah. says, uh, "You need to die." And then he is immediately also approached by two German men who have also got guns under the newspapers, and they go, "You must come with us now to see air." It's a funny joke. Fun. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, um, and like there's there's a little standoff there and the elevator opens behind him and he just gets into <laughs> it and then they yeah. both follow him and we get a scene that is <laughs> so what he does here the effect you're yes. supposed to get is that he is provoking using racism yes ironically to provoke yeah. the nazis into laughing to make the two chinese guys kill them hopefully killing everyone in the crossfire that he gets out. What he actually just does is uh, be racist for like a minute of screen time. He says like, looking um, <laughs> almost directly into the camera, says a series of progressively more absurd racial slurs. This is Asians. another moment where either the translator is doing a lot of work because I know, a I can't, I don't speak French. I know a little bit of French uh, from... It's a pretty close translation. It, there's a lot of things there. It just mm. seemed like yeah. <clears throat> the translator was just adding a bunch of... Uh, extra shit, but maybe I'm wrong. No, it's it, it's it's pretty literal. Like well, a lot of them make sense are, to me, which <laughs> was fun. For sure, yeah. Just comparing them to sort of like various fruits and stuff. Yeah. Um, yes. The one thing I want to highlight throughout this is that the the two actors playing these Chinese agents, their expression work throughout this fucking scene is so good. It carries the whole fucking scene for me because these two yeah. guys, I like, I enjoyed it so much, but I went to IMDb and found out their fucking names. So Jean-Claude Tran and Bing Yin, fucking unbelievable work with oh, the yeah. expressions in this scene. It's so, so good. Not not to both sides this, but the Nazi actors are pretty good too, because they really sell kind of like not getting what he's doing, but being drawn in by the racism. Yeah, they like, like the racism it. in a French Yeah, way. for sure. Uh, yeah. And like I say, this is like, it could have been really good. It's just a very, very fine needle to thread, and it does not do it even closely. But so, so he does, he provokes the two to, to shoot at each other. And then mm. we get a scene which genuinely is really funny, and which I really do like, which is he. Uh, <laughs> um, I got a couple of seconds to record this. I'm really pressed for time. Uh, you're listening to this episode for free. Hey, lucky you. But um, in future, they won't be free, the bonus episodes. Mm -mm -mm. Where the fuck did I make that? Not um, because they're going to be bonus episodes again. This uh, free bonus thing was just going on for the one month. But uh, they're basically free, which is to say they're only £5, which, let's be honest, you can spare £5. Um to support quality uh, homemade British content. Can't you? Okay, I'm out of time for this. Uh, give me your fucking money, you hog. Having had this revelation about Nazis, he goes, of course, 
Germans and he goes to the West German embassy, walks up to the front desk and is like, so, do you got a list of ex-Nazis living in Brazil? So fucking good. And again, just stare back. Um, it's so because the, there's two there's two Germans at the front desk. One of them is like working the front desk, and the other is like filing something behind yeah. him. And the expression of the latter guy as he turns around is perfect. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, the back, and he, and he, like, everyone keeps... in the background in every fucking scene in this is doing like a hundred percent. It's so keeps good. doubling down. He's like the like, club like... social. Some sort of like social gathering. He's like the club do not see. Yeah, he gets a really good line because the guy, the embassy guy, goes, "I'm going to have to ask you to leave. All Germans are not Nazis." And he goes, "Yeah, I've heard that theory." (laughs) (laughs) Just no Germans living in Brazil in the sixties. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) worry about it. So so he so he takes um, he takes Dolores to meet Bill Tremendous uh, and. She tells them that she has oh. found von Zimmel's son, Heinrich, who is living with a hippie commune on the beach. There's, this is the one drop that I actually got from this, um, mm. largely because I needed like eight of Abigail. Um, but there, there is one drop. When, when he, she, she goes back to meet him and he's just like in a bar talking to some women and she's like, how have you done? And he's like, you tell me first because after all, I may well be an agent, but I am first and foremost French. And the little mm, noise that she makes <laughs> took me the fuck out. So here it is. Je suis certes agent secret, mais je n'en suis pas moins français. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are, man. So she's like, all right, I did like a bunch of real spy work, and I found out that it's a guy named Bill Tremendous has been working with with the Nazis, and he goes. Having, as we know, done fuck all, goes, ah, the same conclusions I've come to. However, slight advantage to me, because this is Bill's card. Yeah, let, let's go talk to him at his office. Let's just go to his <laughs> fucking office. <laughs> they, they go in, and I, I love to do a podcast episode where I just, like, regurgitate jokes and go, these were funny, <laughs> but, like, a there's a movie, bit where he puts of. both feet up on Bill's desk and there's just utter silence for, like, five <laughs> seconds, and he just quietly takes them back down. We, we, we see that Uber and Bill uh, both do not understand hippies. Uber gets this great line, change the world, the world's fine as it is, why change it? Like, it's, it's working really well for us. And we also get a bit of the movie sucking itself off, right? Because, mm, yes. uh, so, you may be familiar with the concept of Jewish humor. This movie is not. This movie is familiar with the phrase Jewish humor. So, a couple times it is. Yeah. Um, he, he, tries to, he tries to, like, understand what Jewish humor is. To which his conclusion is, this is also the last line of the movie, just to really stick that knife in at the end, it's when something's not funny and not about sausages. Um, which in itself is not funny, so, you know. Um, but so, she, he's trying to explain this concept of irony to himself, and Dolores goes, oh, you're managing quite well in your own style. Which is just like, fucking don't write a good review for your own movie in the movie. It, that's all that line is there for, is to be like, ah, see, it is actually ironic. Because it's not funny, but it is. Yeah. Or is this it? This one happens when you don't have enough Jews in your country, as you lose complete mm. sight of this shit. And uh, maybe they should have done less yeah, collaboration yeah. with the Nazis. And they would have a funnier movie, because more Jews would have written it. 
Just my thought. The long tail of Lafayre Dreyfus <laughs> is uh, this joke in this movie. Yeah, there's something to be said for the uh, the sheer crime of this movie, making the single like most sympathetic character a Mossad agent. Yeah. Mm, yeah. To be like, oh, okay, I guess I guess you're my protagonist. They're trying to activate me to make Aliyah. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah. So they go to the favela where the hippies live, um, and they have this conversation, which is clearly the like key point of the whole movie. There's an, the, the one thing this movie is really good at is little touches, right? So it does it does those quite well. We're ahead of this. Like there's some kids playing, some black children run up the stairs past them, and he like tousles his hair and then wipes his fucking hands afterwards. I like that as a little oh you racist motherfucker. Um Yeah. It's it's the little things. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because then we have the big conversation, which is um she asks him about Brazil and you know, it's it, it's a dictatorship. How do you feel about that? He says, and he goes, it's not a dictatorship. Dictatorship is when everyone wears like, you know, rubber boots and grey overalls, communist. Uh and, and she and she says, Well, what do you call a country that has a military head of state with total power, secret police, one TV channel, total censorship? He goes, France. Got That's him. That's a good joke. Got him. Fine. Got him. Got him. Yeah, the goal's France. He's, yeah, he's I mean, he's right. France is like three quarters dictatorship until like the seventies, so that's fine, mm. I guess. You can kind of tell it was like in there to be in the trailer. It feels a bit self-satisfied, but go off, I guess. Um, it's a good. Point. So they, they they meet they meet Heinrich and they meet the hippies and <laughs> the whole hippie scene. I really enjoyed. There's yeah, not a... the hippie scene's good. When they go down to the beach and they meet all of these fucking hippies, like he comes up with this plan that he tells her to do, and she just goes completely rogue and deals with it herself. She just like pins Heinrich to the ground. And he goes, we didn't agree on this. And she's like, yeah, but it's happening anyway. And you can tell that he Again, doesn't I know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, just sort of watching it, like, as if he's a participant, but not entirely. Yeah. And like, obviously Heinrich's like, yeah, I'll fucking help you find him. My dad's a Nazi. Fuck that guy. And he Hubert goes, him. how <laughs> dare you say that about your father? Oh, <laughs> like, slaps so him. <laughs> Yeah, but we, we, we see that he has uh, some sort of like quasi-fascist views about hippies. You know, they first they disrespect their hair, then their fathers, then their country. Um, and he, he, he sits down on the beach and he explains to them, listen, you know, it's it's nice to be on vacation, what are you going to do next year, 1968? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be hippies around in 68, for God's sake. There is this really good line, which is, uh, it, it's not 1968, year of youth. The real world is waiting out there and the real world goes to the barber. It's, it's very funny because the scene is so obviously making fun of him for having like a retroactive view of this thing that he's going to be proven wrong about very mm. soon. But I can feel it uh, approaching that thing you were saying, Alice, about uh, before when you were talking about it, about the sort of regressing into this guy becoming a telling it is telling it like it is guy. Right. Yes. Like this is yeah, yes. this sour very soon. Of. A guy being like this yeah. fire brandy sort of like uh, like watching all in the family because you think Archie Bunker is right. You know, yeah, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I think this is a thing that I've thought about before. I was talking about it in the group chat with you guys. Is um, I was thinking about Gene Hunt, right? Uh, Gene Hunt is a character. Uh, he's like a, a, a detective chief inspector in a couple of shows called Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes. Who became this like cult hero, and the original point of him was look at this racist, homophobic, misogynist piece of shit. And I worry that if you make a character who has those traits and you portray as likable and redeemable, 
you have to be very careful because otherwise, very quickly, it can turn into, look at this guy who's telling it how it is. That's what happened to Gene Hunt. That's why they made a whole second series. And that's, I fear, what's going to happen to OSS Sandusset, in particular, since they gave the third installment, which I haven't seen, but which is set in Africa, to France's worst fail son, Nicolas Bedeau. Uh, son of Gibedo, who mm, massive piece of shit personally. Ooh. So I'm sure, it's know, great. Reserving sure it's judgment, great. but yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. But uh, assuming it's not great, and yeah. especially considering the name of it is uh, in English from Africa with love, but in French, Alert Rouge on Afrique Noire. Mm-hmm. Not good. <laughs> and not see, ideal. Again, this is another thing, right? Is I I think a lot about OSS on the being called borderline racist, right? Is that like in France, for white French people, where the border of borderline racist is, is drawn slightly differently. Um, yes. I, I, I think the vibe in particular is like, using the phrase Afrique Noire, right, Black Africa, is borderline unacceptable to that generation of French white people, whereas the equivalent in English, I guess you might say like darkest Africa or something. You'd say like darkest that, like Africa, the yeah. dark continent, something like that. That's way out there. Even it's so, to beyond like the fucking older pale. people here. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, I have a, a very quick anecdote from when I was in uh, Paris a few years ago, um, where we ended up staying at a house of like a friend of a family, uh, a family friend of a friend of ours had like an apartment that he let us stay in for a night because we had one night in Paris overnight. And he was giving us like a little tour of the neighborhood and he's like a lifelong born and bred Parisian and just making conversation. My, my partner was like, Oh, the city must've changed a lot uh, since you were a kid. Cause he was, he was an older guy and he, and he just looks at us and like, sort of like, like, like he was saying to me, like, Oh, this is the store I like to go to, which is like, Oh, it was great until the, the blacks and Arabs moved in. And just like kept going on with the conversation. And I was just like, ah. I cannot fucking imagine a scenario in which, by the way, I'm with um, my, my partner and our friend, both of whom are not white. <laughs> and, right. And he's just like, ah. and, and, and the way in which he just so casually tossed off this like insanely racist thing oh, to yeah. me was just sort of my, like yeah, we, we ended up getting in a big argument with him <laughs> uh, for some mm. reason. But like, <laughs> I was just <laughs> so, for a couple of minutes, just so shocked that like a person thinks that's an appropriate thing to say to a, a person that you just met. <laughs> Wild to me. It's, it's un unfucking yeah. believable. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess a lot of the ways in which, in particular, British people are racist is directly traceable to the British Empire. Same with the French Empire. Mm. Same with like African colonies and like colonies in then Indochina. Much the same. Anyway. With America too, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. It's so the, the end of the scene, basically, is that um, she spots that he's, he sees topless women, and she goes, yeah, I'm going to head on out. You can stay here if you'd like, though. Uh, and he goes, are you trying to ditch me? And she's like, no, of course not. And he goes, yeah, I didn't think you would. Uh, which, again, is just a little, like, fuck yeah. you, dude. He, he, he uh, takes <laughs> some acid, and he gets into a bisexual He, he takes some acid as a matter of fucking course. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's there, he's just taking photos of, like, various hippie women posing on the beach. And, like, while he's, like, rotating his camera film, while he's, like, resetting his camera, someone walks up to him, this woman, and just, like, hands him a little tap of LSD, and he just puts it in his mouth immediately and goes, uh, so what was that? And she's like, 
LSD. And he goes, Sibon. <laughs> and then starts talking about his camera again. <laughs> and she walks away and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, because he gets too into his cover again, much like the poultry in OSS 1. It's like he does not know what he has just taken. And it hits yeah. him when he's halfway through performing a lecture to these kids around a fucking campfire. There's also a great bit in the campfire scene where he's like, they try to pass him a joint. And he goes, no thanks, I've got one. And takes like a cigarette out. It's very good to me. <laughs> Just so oblivious. Yeah. The second yeah. he lights. He, 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 has, he has sex with a lot of women and one dude, and that dude haunts his <laughs> dreams. And so the, 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 guy, the guy like fingers him, right? That's like explicit because he yes. gets sort of cold feet partway through and he's like, listen, don't make don't draw any conclusions from this. Like a finger up the butt's one thing. And so he literally is just like, I like what's happening right now, but don't tell anyone. I love what's happening. But so smash cut to him sitting in the plane seat the next morning, a changed man. He's <laughs> <laughs> like still in his suit. He looks like normal. He's clearly pushed himself back together, but he sat there and he goes, strange. And they've taken Heinrich with them in this in this plane. They're going to to meet his father's contact in Brasilia. They have to take the plane, but the plane is of course being flown by another Chinese guy who does the classic Bond thing of uh, you know this plane will be your grave. I'm going to parachute out. Have a nice time. They 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 crash the plane. He like crash plane fully explodes. Like it goes behind a mountain and explodes. And then, so so they have they have to survive in the jungle, and we get some more discussion of anti-Semitism. And mm. he he really you know gets to confront what he thinks about Jews and what he thinks about Jews. There is there is one thing I'll give it credit for, right, which is uh, the one deeper layer of meaning that it's making here that I can identify is he can't, the joke is he can't tell Jews and Muslims apart. Right, and so yes. he says, oh, "You know, you got to admit it's a, it's a strange religion with no sausages and the veils." Um, and she goes, "Wait, you can't, you can't tell like Jews and Muslims apart." And he's like, "Oh, well, see, that's part of why people don't like you. Is you got to be correct about these stuff." And that's like, <laughs> "That's not bad." <laughs> That's that's not the that's not the part I like. The part that I like is identifying like a lot of Islamophobia as reheated anti-Semitism. That it's just the same thing, but sort of like lightly tweaked. Um, but so he 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 badly alienates her, and when they have to cross a crocodile-filled river, <laughs> we get <laughs> the whole crocodile debacle is so fucking funny. perfect. The, the, I cinema. can talk about the fucking <laughs> crocodile thing for an hour. This is the problem with this and I movie, will. right? Is that like there's so much of it that I want to say. Go out, go and see it because it's really funny. And I'm just like retelling the jokes that it has in it, and then the other thirty percent of it is uh, the fucking the finger thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, the other thirty percent is just like again, it's for fucking satire. Requires a clarity of purpose. <laughs> yeah. Tank yes. top. Yeah. It's like this is a really good film, but it could do with reading the fucking tank top. Um, yeah. But he, <laughs> they decide not to attempt to ford this river full of of crocodiles, and in doing so, they go to a set that's just like a little bit of river. And Heinrich Heinrich strips completely to a nude and like just yep. goes into the river and be like, I'm just gonna wash myself here. And a, a crocodile attempts to, to like slither towards him in the manner that crocodiles don't do. Perfect, perfect Roger Moore shot. And the next shot is this crocodile upside down. <laughs> with, upside down. <laughs> with a single bullet hole like in its chest. <laughs> like somehow. <Yeah>. Perfect. <laughs> <Just Yeah. laughs> 
And because really because he is good. he is alienated uh, Dolores and Friedrich, and so he just ends up trying to cook and butcher this crocodile by himself on a big spit, <laughs> getting like covered in blood the meanwhile, whole time. Meanwhile, Friedrich uh, just like fucking eating berries. They're just like lying around a campfire, having a genuinely lovely time. And <laughs> like pans across to him with this fucking entire crocodile spinning on a barbecue spit. <laughs> he's like, he's like, why won't it cook? It's cooking too slowly. Um, it's really oh, good. It's so good. Yeah. It's really, uh, really good. So, so they, they do a, like, with one bound Jack was free thing, which is, they are now in Brasilia, which I appreciate. Uh, yeah, this is, like a, this is really good. There's a throwaway line where it's like, wow, I'm, I'm, it's so handy you had the plans for that pedalo. It's just a shame we weren't able to build the duck head. And he's really mad they didn't get to build the duck head. He's so pissed! <laughs> <laughs> he's so fucking mad about it. She's like, the duck head would have taken too much time. And he's like, the boat's difficult. The duck head's just a duck head. I don't see why you could... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so so they get to the hotel and... and so good, uh, they just uh, do it all Friedrich arranges for them to go to a costume party, um, and we see one of the sort of like redeeming features of OSS on the set. He loves costumes, so immediately out of nowhere makes a perfect Robin Hood costume. Yeah, you you see him spot a dress on a mannequin, and like he looks over to it, and and he goes like, "All right, we'll meet back here in one hour in costume." And like you imagine, you're like, "Okay, so she's gonna wear the costume," but she comes out dressed as like a maid. And it pans across to him, and he has taken that dress and perfectly transformed it into a Robin Hood costume. And she goes, "How did you, how did you do this?" And he just goes, "I sew," and then moves on. With it. We, we we get another great bit because he's he's like still been making fun of like how bad his fucking code name is, Noel Flantier, which Noel means Christmas. And um, mm. and he he tries to like make up with her because France and Israel are allies. Worked. He gives her a little flower. He says, uh, look, look, it's, a, it's a cadeau de Noel, it's a Christmas present. Uh, and he makes himself laugh so much that he has to go and call his boss from the hotel to tell him. There's so her. much business in the lobby of this hotel. There's just like so much, mm. like the scene goes on forever because they keep adding new bits like that and just him laughing for 10 minutes. It's amazing. It's like, it's, I, I'll be honest with you, I identify very strongly with making a joke that doesn't land, so you leave the event and call a friend to tell them about the joke. Yeah, that's what this I, podcast is. Yeah, this guy, I wrote this guy's a podcast to the call. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he's on the phone of his boss and he goes, oh, hang on, I've got to go, there's a Nazi in the lobby. And like, they walk in a frame and it's Friedrich in a Nazi costume. He goes, ah, my apologies, it's just my friend Friedrich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who claims that he got this costume as a rental because he got there late, and he tried to jazz it up a bit with an armband with a smiley just, face uh... on it where the regular <laughs> Nazi armband would be. Really everything good. else is like photo perfect, right? There's a little skull on the head, it's yeah. like a full Nazi dress uniform, and then just... And then the next the next shot is the three of them in the back of the taxi on the way to the thing, and Dolores is furious. <laughs> Dolores is absolutely fuming. <laughs> oh. So we, we get to the party, and Dolores goes, Do you think this is a trap? He's like, No, probably not. And every motherfucker in there is wearing a non-smiley face SS uniform. There's there's a guy there's a- <laughs> in SS uniform doing a German version of the girl von Ipanema on the stage. It's really, really good. And then she passes each one. She passes goes. Ah, I, I fucking like. I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> 
we see Von Zimmel, who immediately identifies we have a special guest with us tonight, James Bond. Um, yeah, the bit from Spectre 2021. <laughs> yeah, he, he does what I think is a French political joke. He might be doing Chirac, I'm not sure. He's like, you know, the, the Fourth Reich's a pipe dream, we're never going to do that. What we're going to do is the Fifth Reich. Um, and at this and- point, a swastika picked out in fucking lights, like lights up behind him. Showbiz! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he immediately captures them, he goes, right, lock him in my office. And, and, and sadly, we get the reveal that Heinrich, he pulls off his hippie mask, he pulls off his hippie hair, and he pulls off his <laughs> smiley face Nazi armband to reveal a normal Nazi armband <laughs> underneath, and goes, I'm not Heinrich, I am Friedrich. And we won't. No! The fucking armband joke was so fucking it's really funny, good. Dude. Yeah, they put him in they put him in that basement, right? And like and fucking like Hubert's looking around, he's like, alright, I got a plan here, because he sees a half open vent and then a stepladder underneath it, and he's like, I've got a plan. We're gonna have about a half an hour yeah. before and then they just walk straight in. He's like, I was impatient, <laughs> I wanted to see my guest. <laughs> yeah. And we, we we see we see that uh they tie a bird down to a table and uh Von Zimmel extracts the microphone from his chest where he had concealed it. Uh and, and one of my favorite gags in this movie, uh, he goes <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm opening my safe. Uh, why, why don't I remember this? Uh, because of this, uh, this truth, this memory serum. And then it cuts back to mid-war black and white, and they do the same scene again in a different tense. Where he's like, exactly what? word for word. Why won't I remember this? Because of this memory. <laughs> <laughs> like every line is the fucking same. It's identical. Oh. Uh. No. And the microphone is just like just below his skin, like barely. Yeah. (laughs) They extract from microfilm and (laughs) fucking Zimmer goes, all that best agent stuff was hogwash, but you know that, didn't you? And it cuts back to you, Ben, and he looks so earnestly upset by that. Yeah, he's like genuinely hurt. (laughs) Oh, all of my favorite bits are like the the slight insults to you, Bear, where like fucking Bond would just like... <laughs> would like brush it off, but Hubert takes it so earnestly. We also, we also see Carlotta, who has finally slipped into something more comfortable, which is a Nazi <laughs> <Yeah>. uniform. <laughs> He's like, oh, I see much more comfortable a Nazi uniform. Yeah, <laughs> like a fucking leather Nazi uniform. So, so, so Uber escapes, and he has to wrestle one of the luchadors. And this this also cuts to another so, great armband joke, which is he tears his shirt off, and under that with his bare chest, he's also got a Nazi armband. This this will be the episode I have yeah. the screen cap. It's so good. We get it. We get so Heinrich dies. Friedrich dies, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Dolores takes Friedrich hostage and with a gun, and she's just like, "All right, untie him," and immediately both both Luchadors untie him. <laughs> like it's, yeah. they don't even wait for anyone to say anything; they just untie him. He sits up, walks over to them, takes the gun out of her hand, and goes, "I'll take this from here," and clearly, accidentally shoots Heinrich, who falls to the ground dead. And there's just a perfect silence for like three <laughs> seconds, and they're like, "Did you shoot him?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> like, well, who else did? And he's like, "I saw who did, but I won't say." <laughs> <laughs> he'll just stand around while he books it it's very good yeah yeah we get it we get a fucking um like shootout very long shootout where one of the one of the luchadores is just like throwing everything within an arm's reach at him and i wrote this is also how i how i fight <laughs> then we get the luchador fight between the two of them then yeah. then we then, get then chase 
JC and baby filmed during the day and blue filtered a perfect <laughs> and the fucking back projector driving like this is j- this is a perfect scene to me he's still trying to hit on her he doesn't understand why she's not into him and she's like because you're you know you're, you're an idiot you're childish you're full of your own superiority bordering on racist is what she says to him and again I got some questions about where we draw that fucking border. It's the, the clip of Bernie Sanders from 2016 going, like, <laughs> shaking his finger. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> but so, they, they pile out at Iguazu Falls, where she, she reminds him, right, take him alive. And then he chases them to the falls, and they both <laughs> go over. Sherlock Holmes style. It's a really good bit. The false audio is so yeah. loud. Him like running yeah. across the dock alone, the Nazi, is such a good little visual gag too. It just looks so fucking stupid. Everything, all that the yeah, chase, yeah, yeah. so good. Every single time this fucking, every time Zimmel is running, he does at least one little like hop while he's yeah. going. <laughs> every single time. It's really funny. They catch him and he tries to hold him at gunpoint, but they can't hear each other <laughs> over the sound of the falls. And, and, uh, Hubert has yet another flashback to his time as a trapeze artist. Yes, and because of his vertigo. Mm. And, and they both fall over. And then they wake up in the hospital. Another perfect scene. This, this scene, perfect. Mwah. Top to bottom, every gag lands. Yeah, from, the, from now until when they leave the location, every joke is perfect and good. Yeah, they're both sort of like hospitalized. Uber has like a, an IV stand. Von Zimmel has a walker, and we get a like achingly slow chase. And they're both doing different stupid <laughs> walks. Like they're like yes, <laughs> physical yeah, comedy really is so good. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the one thing the French are good at, right? They can they can figure that out. Yeah, for sure. Mimes and such. Yeah, yeah. It's the other stuff that's the problem. They're both chasing each other so fucking like agonizingly slowly but the music is just like like a real chase so it's just yeah. like and then it does that thing where I fucking love where it cuts to a wide shot of the two of them moving slowly with no music at all it's such like it cuts back in and like they make it to a fucking elevator Von Zimmel escapes in the elevator and and Huber has to go back and do do some do some detective work, and this leads to the gag that made me laugh the hardest in the whole movie, which is oh, really he goes to the nurse, and the nurse is like, uh, "Well, he's been making some phone calls," and he tries the thing where if you've written on a, like a notepad, you can like trace over the remaining sheets to see the impressions of what was written before, and he does that, and he just traces it to reveal that he has written down "I heart sign swastika." <laughs> 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 oh man. She just, she just tells him where he's going to be, which is going to be the, the, the statue of Christ the Redeemer. Um, sets him up with some clothes and a car. The old gardener's clothes and the old gardener's that's, car. That's also a good bit, yeah. The old gardener's clothes and the old gardener's car. Yeah. It's like a perfect convertible and a tuxedo with, with a ruffled shirt. Because yeah. he, he, he sees him, like, Zimmer escaping, and he, like, gets his head caught in the fucking elevator. And this nurse, who is, like, somehow still horny for him, despite the fact that she's just seen him get his head bumped in an elevator twice. He's like, do you, do you have any spare clothes around? And she's like, I've got the old gardener's clothes, but I don't know if it would suit you particularly. And it cuts to him in like a perfect tuxedo, George Lazenby style ruffled the whole way up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's not my first choice, but it'll it'll do. And then at the end of the scene, she's like, the old gardener's car there, I suppose. <laughs> and it cuts in a fucking convertible. And we, we get we get the funniest use of the sort of like multi-camera thing, which is he goes, okay, I'm going to make some phone calls to clear this up. 
so he he calls uh, Dolores to tell her, meet me at Bill's office. Then he calls Bill, and then each of them call four <laughs> other people. They all get people. split screens. They're all, they're all talking over each other. One of them's on like a big field radio in a tent. It's like bigger than his head, <laughs> too. It's, so, it's like, full yeah. on. <laughs> And then, and then after the, all of this crosstalk, they all hang up on each other, and he turns to the nurse and goes, "Yeah, let's just make life Yeah, and all of these like shown on screen at the same time with the split. Oh, it's per- it's fucking perfect. It's like something straight from Naked Gun. It's really good. He he feels himself so hard that he's like, while he's driving, he stops at an overpass to take a photo of himself by the car. <laughs> <laughs> we see that he he's been getting like. Weirdly serious about his photography too, because that's his cover, which I like. Yeah, like in the first one where he gets like super into the poultry market in Cairo. Yeah. So so he goes to he goes to Bill's office where he finds that Bill, to his surprise, has betrayed him. That the CIA are working with the Nazis. That's weird. That they captured Dolores. I know. Operation what? It's wild. That's weird. What's funny is that they still have to have a, a line that like expiates America because when Carlotta comes in, she's like, because she goes like, the CIA, you're supposed to be against America's supposed to be against the Nazis, and Carlotta goes, well, America's not the CIA, and it's like, okay, this mm. mm. sort of implements its foreign policy, really, but whatever. Um, they both Carlotta and Bill are killed. And Dolores is rescued via the timely intervention of another Chinese man, and he like makes time for him. He like kicks the gun over for her to for him to kill Carlotta by <laughs> promising to investigate the possibility of a <laughs> Nazi Israel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a whole homeland for Nazis is an incredible. That is the line. Yeah, I think he's incredible. Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> He's like in in between like in between all the secret services and this guy's brothers, you're never gonna get a second of privacy from here on out. <laughs> so so we go to the, the big Cristo Redento statue, uh the Corcovado, where yes. We, we, yes. We, we see von Zimmel who does not want to be taken alive, and he does a perfect yes. merchant of Venice, if you prick us do we not bleed, about being a Nazi. <laughs> It's a protected class. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. I I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> it's such a fucking bitch it's... perfect thing. Because he's just like, does a Nazi not bleed? Yeah, Are we really... not people? The, the note here is clearly <laughs> like, turn up the Shakespearean actor to maximum. Which yeah, I think does. it works because he's doing the, the really over-the-top German accent and wearing like a literal SS uniform. I think that's, yeah, like, that's I think, the, I think the, the, the satire is pretty clearly laid out there. But if he was not, yeah. 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 <laughs> during which so, during which Hubert is just like, it's beautiful. <laughs> but what, Terrible. He, he literally goes to Dolores and he's like, why can't we make a, a lasting peace between Nazis and Impossible uh, to know. <laughs> he shoots the gun out of out of Zimmer's hand as he's attempting to finally put an end to himself. Zimmer like looks down at the gun on the ground, looks back at Hubert, and then like turns and legs it into the statue with one little hop 
as he goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Hubert has to overcome his fear of heights and his uh, his trapeze accident, which he does out on the arm where he catches von Zimmel after go after going. No, no, it was just an ordinary trapeze accident, which is a great it's a line. Full, like I mean, it looks almost identical to the ending of uh, North by Northwest, where it's like the matte painted city behind them while they're on like the the, the styrofoam statue. Yeah. I, the map. I'm so glad you brought the map paintings. Good. I forgot to mention them. It's so good. Like their their commitment to doing this in the old style. Like e- every shot is very simple. There's no like like fucking camera arm movement or anything like that. It's yeah, the, the fidelity to like how the old movies looked is actually very impressive. I'll say. Yeah. Oh yeah, the costume mm. design, all the little touches like that. But um, so he he captures Sonzemo, who is it is implied you know he's going to be sent to Israel, put on trial, and killed. Uh, he retrieves the microfilm with a list of French collaborators, and then, in the most sort of fucking cowardly decision of the movie, he and Dolores kiss. Yeah, it's bullshit. Like, <laughs> why? Why? She articulated you- perfectly all of the reasons. Why- and she, she, her line you- is like, well, I don't just- understand why I'm doing this. You but have like- successfully undercut <sighs> the entire movie's satire by having them kiss at the end. Wear the fucking tank top. Learn to read. I yes. don't get it. It's <laughs> fucked. And then we get we we get sort of a pre-credit scene. I can only describe it as where he goes to see Armand. I do like that they make explicit the collaborating, and they make him they make OSS Sony complicit in it as well. Where. He he talks to Armand, his boss, and he's like, you know, I thought I saw your name on that list. Um, and he just kind of waffles, and he goes, well, it was a very, it was a historical period to be alive in, you know. Anyway, how would you like the Legion of Honor? Um, and he's, <laughs> <laughs> so clearly buys him off with yeah. a medal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we end with an actually very dense, if racist, pun about how he wants to pick his own cover name if he's going after Michelle Lee. And you know, if you're gonna get in Lee, you'd cover too, because Lee sounds like bed. Uh, and then we yeah, we, like we end we end with the fucking Jewish humor. It's when something's not funny and, and not about sausages. Line, and that's the movie. Weak final line, but something that I, I very much do like is throughout the credits, you get like a little slideshow of all the photos that you has taken throughout this trip, and they all they're all so bad, and, so and, yeah, and more than half of them are just of women's asses or trying to get an upskirt shot seems like yes <laughs> there's one there's one that's just so clearly like some women you've passed on the streets yeah. feet he's taken a picture of <laughs> there is there is also after that there's also a little video of him uh in front of the skyline in the harbor riding a duck oh pedalo. yeah 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 that was also phenomenal I like the well, duck pedal a bit. I like that too. half of that humor was off screen. I think this it'd be is, weaker yeah. to show it. This is almost a good almost. film. And that is It's so close, but the Ebdo Gamble just yeah. fails multiple yeah. times. What do we what do we have to say in closing about OSS on set Lost in Rio? Yeah, it's a flicking I, it. I I would I would recommend it to someone with a big asterisk. Uh, a big uh, asterisk yeah, and absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> great final, like great fucking ending point. How, how do you feel about it, Abby? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> when Hitler appeared, she stood up and clapped. Uh, yeah. we, we, we have a we have a science I have a science based rating system on this podcast. The, I've uh, also got this one that I didn't find an excuse to use. Like that's an aesthetic. But I really like that line she's, also. When, when she's right, she's right. Um, Costume design. Yeah, all everyone dressed like the sixties. It was actually really good. We do have a science based rating system. Oh, this is a bonus episode. Oh yeah, so we're not gonna do it. You got a point there, motherfucker.
Yes! Very good. All right. Very Cut good. the mics. Matty, where can the people oh, find you? Can you can find me on twitter.com slash Lipchansky, uh, L-E-B-C-H-A-N-S-K-Y, or at patreon.com slash Lipchansky to pay for my comics, which you can get early. Um, keep an eye on those locations for pre-sales of a book in the next couple of months. Yeah, if you're a fan of reading books, which you should be because it's sick to read a book. I've been getting into it recently. Fascinating <laughs> sentence. Uh, you can, <laughs> all of this will be in the description. You've been reading you of reading over now, Scott. Yeah. Well, this has been Kill James Bond. Thank you for subscribing on the Patreon. Please continue to do so. Uh, we'll do some more episodes. They'll be out at some point in the meantime. Yeah, and if you're listening to this for free, consider subscribing. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. And in fact, the final bonus episode that you will be receiving for free during June's Banquet of Forgiveness. If you have enjoyed this weekly content, uh, feel free to head on over to patreon.com slash killjamesbond and chuck us £5 a month for all of our bonus content. Come on. As inflation continues to run rampant, this is becoming a better and better deal. (laughs) However... If you do, of course, head on over to our Patreon, you can join these hallowed halls of our £15 and above patrons, and those are Christine Fox, Forks Winchester, Paint McCalla, Jack Holmes, George Rohack, Thomas Oberhard, the right way around this time, Thomas, I note, Yarek, Carolyn Tankersley, Ben O'Rice, Max Kapinski, Library Hitman, Kit Devine, Amanda Rogder, Max Gamenhart, Dread Pirate Robin, Jonathan Gerde, Kentucky Fried Commie, Hellblood Hands, Jay Martindale, Big Titty Goth Girl, Fremen Commissar, Jen Jen, Sydney Steckle, Top O, Trip, Ellie Without the E, Mothman, Timothy Pajoni, Safira Luciferax, Charlie Out of the Closet, Jenna and Paul, Zoe Shepard, Elizabeth Cox, Finn Ross, Turfsy, Shit and Die Alone, Alfredo, I make down say this out loud, Philippa Smith, Rayle, Leal, Wolfie, Raised on a Diet, Al Irwing, Millie, JM111519, Josh Simmons, Bond the Bond, Laurent Bastin, and Tristram Wolf. Thank you, from the bottom of my heart, for your contribution. Tune in next week on the free feed for The Three Days of the Condor, a movie from 1975 that starts out with such a good premise but becomes too misogynistic to nail anything past the start uh, I believe it to be pretty much the perfect movie for us to talk about Gil James Bond is of course Alice, Abigail and Devon our producer is the wonderful neighbor Thay our podcast artist by Maddie Lopchansky and our website is by Tom Allen see ya <laughs>